What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast, where we talk about men's health, how to optimize it, penile health, and all those taboo subjects when it comes to sex. Well, we're willing to talk about it here, right? We're always looking to maximize men's health, whether it's mental health, performance, sexual performance, all that good stuff. And I'm your host, CJ Rodriguez, always looking to get as much quality information in regards to men's health to you guys and today is absolutely no different we had the utmost pleasure of having dr tracy gaffin on the show and if you guys you know in case you guys hadn't listened to the previous episode he specified more on peptides whereas today we talk more about testosterone and the causes to retreating um test right testosterone in men First and foremost, let's talk a little bit more about who Dr. Gappin is. You know, he is a board-certified urologist, world-renowned men's health and performance expert, the founder of the Gappin Institute, the global leader in high-performance health. He has over 20 years of experience focused on providing executive entrepreneurs, athletes, and might I just add a Formula One performance race car driver. You know, he talked about that in today's episode, which was really really cool because um again we got into why testosterone is being affected as badly as it is right now um and how that truly is affecting men and it's affecting men at a very very deep level like there's a lot of things that go into our hormonal profile that we may take for granted when we're younger but the older we get you know things start to decline however there are also a lot of environmental factors and a lot, a lot of other things that we had to discuss in regards to just men's health, right? And it's not just testosterone. We oftentimes villainize things like estrogen, progesterone, but we need that stuff in the body. The body works almost as a symphony, which is what Dr. Gaffin was talking about. So you don't want to miss this one. You might want to break out the notebook. And if you do want to contact Dr. Gaffin or get in contact with the Gaffin Institute, be sure to check out all the links in the description and just let him know that, hey, you know, you listen to this podcast, you found it really interesting and you want to connect with him. I've also added all his socials there so you can also uh, get into contact with him. Again, what he's doing is really helping men to maximize and live their lives to their full potential, right? Which is why it's absolutely beautiful to see and something that I think is wonderful. And the other thing that I want to mention is just seeing the evolution of medicine. And Dr. Gaffin is at the forefront of it. So I'm super proud and super happy to have had him on the show. Hopefully he comes on again and we can discuss more of this topic. And again, you know, something that some guys have been reaching out to me. He discussed how how hair loss kind of happens, um, things that affect it, TRT, hypogonadism. We're talking to a whole bunch of other different subjects in regards to testosterone and men's health. So be sure to break out the notebook for this one. Be sure to pay attention and I hope you guys truly enjoy it. And before I take off here and we jump into today's episode, let me just uh, say again, if you guys are looking for coaching, looking you know, to get into the best shape of your lives, be sure to get at me. Send me a DM or you guys can always email me. Um, I've got all the connections onto the website, so just check out masculinehealthsolutions.com and you can contact me through there, all right? And again, all the links if you do wanna contact me are also in the description. But without any further ado, let's jump into today's very in-depth episode with Dr. Gavin. All right, enough of my rambling, let's jump on in. 
before we get started, one more thing. If you want to get any PE gear, be sure to check out TotalManShop.com. That is TotalManShop.com. And use the promo code MHS2020. Promo code is MHS2020. And get 12% off. Be sure to check out their wide variety of all kinds of good quality PE equipment. All right? And that's promo code MHS2020 for 12% off. And the website, once again, is TotalManShop.com. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Masculine Health Solutions Podcast, where we have the honor and the privilege of having Dr. Tracy Gappin on the show again. And the first thing that I want to ask Dr. Gappin right off the hop, why does testosterone matter? Man, great question. First of all, glad to be here with you today. So excited to get to spend some more time with you and your audience, man. It's always a good time. So testosterone is critically important. You know, it is when you look at the the 50 plus hormones that men have that all come together like a symphony. Testosterone is definitely the main driving force is the regulator, if you will, of uh, so much what happens in, in a man's body. I see men 40 to 60 ish or so that come in and their biggest complaints are I have low energy. I have brain fog. I can't focus at work. I'm not like I used to be. I can't burn this belly fat, those last 10 pounds, or maybe it's 40 pounds, but uh, can't burn the fat, can't build muscle. I hear guys tell me how they're in the gym for hours at a time and don't seem to see any of the gains that they used to see back in their 20s. I hear guys who tell me how they've lost their drive for sexual intimacy with their partner. And and a lot of times guys were chasing their, their wife or girlfriend in the past, and now the woman are chasing them. So something's clearly wrong, can't perform like they used to all these issues that guys deal with in our daily life and large part, a lot of it relates to testosterone. And so I'm glad you bring that up because it's really a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, the more that we look into things, it seems as though I feel as though the data is getting a little bit too muddy now because everybody's got something to say about it, but nobody really knows like what the true functions are. And it's kind of, obviously you were able to package that quite nicely, you know, (laughs) sum it up very very elegantly because the one thing that we keep hearing is just trt and we just kind of hear it more from the performance kind of aspect of things and i mean you did mention how it affects you know muscle growth and all those different aspects but i wanted to get your your take on exogenous testosterone and how you would go about implementing it if you were to implement it versus you know just getting off the street from like some unknown drug dealer yeah yeah, and it's actually funny, Tommy, because I have my twice a week dosing literally right here waiting for after we're done to, to give myself. So it's kind of funny, ironic, Tommy. <laughs> nice. um, but, you know, a lot of guys have low testosterone levels, and we could talk about that afterwards. But mm-hmm. but suffice it to say that most men off the street have much lower testosterone levels than they need. Why? I would blame toxins in our environment, plastics, chemicals, chemicals in our personal care products, chemicals in our food, our food containers, and our water, et cetera. And studies have shown that clearly toxin related. And so this has an effect on our own body's ability to produce testosterone, but it actually also started generations ago where those same chemicals affected our grandparents. And then that affected our father. And now it affects us. And unfortunately, we're seeing issues in declining fertility as well as low testosterone levels that's going to also also ultimately affect our children as well. Mm -hmm. 
And so the reason I'm going through all that is because a lot of guys ask me, well, you know, what are the natural ways that I can boost testosterone? You know, I want to do everything I can naturally. I don't want to take testosterone. And I get it. I, you know, I, I did too for the longest time. And there are a lot of great things that we can do to improve testosterone. So strength training is one of the biggest ones, you know, heavy weights, especially big core muscles, quads, hamstrings, back, core, all those kind of big muscle bellies. Mm-hmm. When you're working those with heavy heavy weights and resistance training, that's where you're going to definitely improve testosterone. When you can improve sleep quality, not just sleep quantity, but actual quality, and get make sure you're getting enough good deep sleep and REM sleep, you're going to help testosterone. When you get all those key micronutrients, and, and especially things like B vitamins and zinc and magnesium, and uh, make sure you're getting enough healthy cholesterol in your diet, that's going to help with testosterone. Reducing stress. Gut health, massively important when it comes to inflammation and cortisol, when we can clean up our gut health, all these things are going to improve testosterone. But I want to give you a little bit of scale, a little bit of perspective that I think helps kind of drive this point home. A lot of guys come in off the street, they have a free testosterone of like six. Now, perspective where you should be is around 20. But most guys coming in off the street, I literally see a free T of around six. So if you do these natural approaches we're talking about, they're going to be effective. They're going to get you up to maybe 10, 11, maybe 12. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yes, it's helpful. Yeah. And we find that men still need more. And so that's where we get to how do we supplement with testosterone, exogenous testosterone, because there's only so much we can do to stimulate our own body to make it. And it's typically just not enough. And so that's what brings us to giving testosterone now we can use pharmaceuticals some men prefer you know hcg clomid other medications that may stimulate testosterone um but in general the conversation ends up leading toward exogenous testosterone and what i like about exogenous testosterone for certain men is it allows us to very precisely dial in your testosterone levels to exactly where it needs to be and we're talking like a free t of around 20 or so and that may equate to, for some men, a total T of 800. For other guys with higher sexual binding globulin levels in their blood, they may need higher levels of testosterone, even as much as 12, 1500 to get to that free T of around 20. And so I'm a huge proponent of it in the right, properly selected patient. Yeah, I mean, because what I keep hearing too is like other people that I've talked to is in the longevity space, like the anti-aging as well. And how, yeah. like, I mean, I talked to Susan Brandon too. She was talking about how, you know, she would actually use different modicums. And it's kind of like, well, you want to keep the juices flowing the older you get. And whether you're male or female, it's still one of those hormones that plays into, you know, obviously having the best possible lives that you want to obviously have. <laughs> you know, you don't want to oh, be yeah. living all decrepit in that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I come from the disease model world, from our traditional healthcare system. I was a urologist, a, a very busy practice for 20, almost 25 years. And it was all about treating disease and finding a diagnosis code and giving you a pharmaceutical or doing surgery and getting you out the door. But now the focus for me, and I think most men agree with this, it's it's how can I optimize and have a better quality of life? How can I have more energy? How can I burn fat, build muscle? How can I have better sex? And how can I live not just longer, but better? And, and all those are possible now, but we just have to really change our perspective and and how we approach health. And I mean, it's interesting you say that because it's like, I think the model, the allopathic model is changing. And I think a lot of 
of doctors, it's interesting because a lot of people that I'm talking to are just kind of viewing it differently. I kind of feel like there's a shift in modern medicine where we're not really going so much for like, hey, I got a disease, come heal me. It's almost like, what can I do preventatively? Because I don't want to lose my erection. I'm only 40, <laughs> you know, and it's something yeah. that I've talked to on, on various accounts where I, I keep finding that these patterns keep happening. And one question I did have in regards to that, what is the one thing that drives people to talking to you? What is it that most guys say, hey, I've had this major issue. I want to talk to you about it. Is it like the hair loss? I, I don't know. Like, what, what is it that just drives people into your office? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Guys hit anywhere between 40 and 50. And, and there's that magic age for every guy somewhere in that ballpark where everything changes and everything you're doing no longer works. And it's it's really the top three complaints is low energy and focus. It's can't burn fat and sex is suddenly not like it used to be. And those are the three things that bring guys in where um, they, they realize that they need help. They realize that, that they can't get away with the behaviors and the lifestyle <laughs> uh, and their, their lack of focus on, on their health like they did in their twenties and thirties. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things that I do take for granted. Granted, right now, what I try to do is make sure I have an intense workout regimen. I make sure my diet's on point. But with these guys, I guess it's kind of you got to change a lot of behavioral things, too. What is um what is one thing that you say really affects penile health in regards to all of this? Because I know a lot of guys, you know, it's, it's almost like we wait until it's too late and then it stops working. But what, what's one of those things that you say really yeah. impacts, you know, obviously having a healthy libido, healthy sex life? Yeah, great question. So when we're looking at performance down there, it's all about blood flow. You know, an erection it is simply increased blood flow. And so what affects blood flow? Hormones, number one. Not just testosterone, nitric oxide is a hormone, a key hormone that regulates uh, blood flow. Uh, we look at things like insulin and cortisol. These are uh, hormones that regulate uh, blood sugar, regulate stress. And that's how you can think of how diet and your stress levels can directly affect sexual performance. And all of these factors will affect blood flow. Uh, inflammation. So a lot of guys have issues with poor gut health, and that may be from chronic stress. It may be from toxins in your environment. It may be from alcohol. I see guys every day, just the last guy I saw today, a uh, new client, and, and uh, you know, I asked him how much he drinks. He said, yeah, not much, just you know, two or three drinks a day. Two or three drinks a day. Oh, not much. Okay. And 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 guys typically underestimate too. So two or three typically means three to five, you know. Um, so I said, what's your drink of choice? Vodka. Oh, cool. What what do you what do you like to drink it? What do you like to mix it with? His answer, ice. Ice. So <laughs> that's the example of how like your lifestyle, your behaviors are directly impacting everything about your performance. And when I, I use the word performance to describe performance at work, in the boardroom at your desk, performance with your kids playing on the ground, playing football with your kids, performance in the bedroom, in every area of your life, how you show up in life is how I think of performance. And that's all affected by your daily habits and your behavior and your your accountability to yourself. You know, And, and so a lot of it is, um, when it comes to sexual performance and function, it is blood flow number one, and that's affected by so much, by hormones, by inflammation, by lifestyle, which is directly affecting uh, things like insulin sensitivity and vascular health. And it seems as though it's almost like it's going hand in hand because 
I mean, you see poor health, obviously you're going to see declining testosterone levels, which is the one thing that I keep, again, it's like a recurring theme that's just kind of sad to see. But if there's one thing that you could change in regards to the lifestyle habits that you find as a commonality amongst most of your patients, what would it be? Would it be the drinking, smoking, or what is the one thing that you could just say, hey, you know what, if you could change this one aspect of your life before you even get on TRT or anything, what would it be? Is it the sleep or? Great question. Um, I, I believe it comes down to mindset. And for me, I would say that one single word is accountability. It's accountability to yourself. And I'll ask guys, when I work with guys, I am hyper-focused on what is your why. Like, why are you coming to see me? It's not just about having sex. It's not just about six packs. What's your why? And, you know, for me, it's I, I want to be the best dad I could be. I have two amazing little kids. I have a beautiful wife. And, you know, how can I show up every day and be the best dad for my kids, the best husband for my wife, and and be the best man that I can be? And, and so that's what drives me. And so when a lot of guys make lifestyle decisions that aren't in alignment with their why it doesn't it doesn't work that's when things start to fall apart and so when you're crystal clear about your why crystal clear about what's important to you you just freaking work backwards man Mm -hmm. it's like what do i have to do to stay in alignment and to achieve that why and can i have two three four drinks a night and maintain my my brain function and my energy and my focus and the way I show up every day by doing that? The answer, of course, is no. Yeah. Can I not work out at all? Can I not train for a week or two and still have the same body that I want and the same energy that I want? No. And yeah. so then it becomes crystal clear how important it is to create that balance in your life. And And so for me, I think it all comes down to, again, to accountability to what is your why. Interesting. Yeah, because obviously nothing's going to work if you don't have that accountability right from the get go. And I found that it's interesting, too, because with the clients that I train, generally, it's kind of like, okay, why do you want to do this? Right. You start off with that. And you're right. You reverse engineer because usually it's a lot more impactful when you ask them, like, hey, do you love your son? It's like, oh, shit. Well, yeah maybe you should stick to right. the meal plan. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it does get a lot simpler when you're able to break it down like that. That's right. Yeah. And I there's find, a, there's, oh, there's a psychologist, his name is Ben Hardy. Mm-hmm. And he puts out a lot of great content and he talks about your future self. He taught, he had a great book out recently. Um, 10 X is easier than two X and a lot of great, great books out there that he's, he's written. But the one that I'm thinking of, that I think is worth emphasizing here is your future self. And, and I use this exercise with guys. What does your future self look like? What does he do? How does he behave? How does he think? And when you're clear about who your future self is in 10 years from now, know that you can't become your future self until you act like your future self. And so think of if you're in that, if you're that future self, does that person Drink out, drink three nights and drink, you know, have three drinks a night. Does that person not sleep? Does that person not take care of themselves? All you know, all the things that, that that you think about, it makes it so much easier to make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, basically what you're doing is changing the trajectory ever so slightly. It might only seem like, oh, you know what, I'm shifting it five to ten degrees, but then long term, right. it's like the amount of change that can happen is huge. That's it's right. Paramount to change. And that's, I guess, when you do that too and you frame it from that perspective, it's very difficult for anybody to just ignore that. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
So yeah. I, I find that's a very, very interesting approach, man. In regards to testosterone as well, you mentioned muscle building. Can you break down why it plays into it? Because, I mean, I've always heard it from the bodybuilding perspective. And, I mean, I'm a natural bodybuilder. So, for us, you know, when we get lean, it's just like, you know, our testosterone is probably, you know, at the ground. <laughs> but, like, how does it actually work in regards to building muscle? Yeah. So, so testosterone is one of many anabolic steroid hormones. What that means is it's actually going to have um, a, a positive effect on protein muscle synthesis. So it's going to have a, a supportive role in helping you build muscle in the right environment of training and rest and balance and, and, and recovery, obviously, as well. When you have low testosterone, you can't do that. You're in a, in a catabolic breakdown state. So you could think of it as either anabolic growth and development and muscle building or catabolic breakdown and destroy and survival mode. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really the key difference when it comes to um, optimal versus low testosterone, optimal versus low DHEA, optimal versus low growth hormone, et cetera. All these steroid hormones are really important when it comes to optimization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another question I have is too, because I mean, from the bodybuilding perspective, again, it's uh, we always see guys losing their hair. What is the relationship with higher yeah. amounts of testosterone and hair loss? Because I mean, I'm pretty happy right now. You know, I got I got all the hair on my head, so I'm pretty good. But it seems as though, you know, a lot of bodybuilders kind of go through that. And why, why does that happen? Is it from the exogenous or just too much? Like, yeah, great question. So when we give testosterone for performance, for optimization, to get guys to, um, you know, be the best they can be, or be their absolute best again. I like to say, mm -hmm. I'm putting their their testosterone levels up to 1,200, 1,500, maybe somewhere in that kind of ballpark to get their free T around 20. Bodybuilders are putting their levels up to like 12,000, 15,000. You see the difference? Like we're talking about like yeah, like that's astronomical, an, an astronomical <laughs> difference here. Yeah. And so it's different, uh, completely different algorithmic or logarithmic scales of, of, yeah. of androgenic effect. But testosterone gets converted into dihydrotestosterone, which is a much more potent, a stronger androgen mm -hmm. than testosterone. And especially when you have massively high levels, like I just described of testosterone, that's going to all, I shouldn't say all, but a lot is going to convert to DHT, which will then have a massive effect on the hair follicle. And DHT is the culprit in hair loss. Now, you don't get that very often. Typically, only 1%, 2% of men on testosterone therapy will ever have issues with hair loss. But it's typically more the guys that have massively elevated high high doses that are going to get that problem. Interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of where that stems from. What about when it occurs naturally? Is it just the same thing? That That's just the way same their thing. bodies process it? Yeah. Yeah. Some guys have, you know, and there are ways we could test this, actually. Some guys have higher conversion of testosterone into DHT. There's an enzyme in our bodies that do that, that does that. And guys have higher levels of DHT are more prone to having hair loss um, in general or as a result of testosterone. But very rarely will I see a guy who uh, who I put on testosterone therapy who suddenly has, has massive hair loss. It just it rarely ever happens. Interesting. And the thing is, too, when you're doing your protocol and let's say somebody is a valid, you know, um, is able to go through with the TRT um, protocol that you got. And let's say he has already lost his hair would you be able to implement other drugs to kind of bring it back or does TRT treatment, does it, you know, does it affect it in any way, positively, negatively? So giving testosterone is not going to necessarily prevent it from coming back. It's really not going to help it come back. Um, there are peptides, there are supplements that you can use to help recover hair loss. 
I would say that once you've lost it, it's much harder to get it back. And the degree of hair loss affects that. So if you have mild hair loss, you're much more likely to be able to get it back with supplements and topicals and peptides, et cetera. Once it's gone, uh, it's going to be much tougher. Interesting. Yeah. The other question I had too, in regards to your TRT therapy, when somebody's kind of going through it, what's the first noticeable change? I know every situation is different, but what's the one common change that you keep seeing across the board where it's like, as soon as he kind of gets his test levels back, the mm -hmm. first thing that he notices is energy. Energy. Yeah. Within that first week or two, guys notice a difference in energy. Um, they notice that they're a little more alive. They notice they can sleep better as well, which I think is probably related to that energy during the day. Uh, that's by far the first effect. Um, over the next couple of weeks, they'll start to notice a little bit of improvement with libido. And then they'll notice improvement in exercise recovery after that. Um, effect on sexual performance is much less noticeable and that takes a little more time so i might say three months before you know there's real solid effect there mm -hmm. but the the energy first and then the libido in those first couple of weeks interesting so okay note to self <laughs> now the one thing another question that i had in regards to trt because it seems like it's one of the scapegoats for other you know for a lot of sports and stuff even though the ufc kind of banned you side i don't know if you saw that you'll probably get a an influx of some ufc fighters coming your way i think yeah. because obviously but the thing is when it comes to sports most guys are actually doing it for recovery which i understand but yeah. one question i did have in regards to trt because obviously i know you got a full process that these guys got to go through i would imagine um but i keep seeing a common theme amongst you know I'm going to call them kids, but young dudes between the ages of like 18 to 25. Now, in regards to TRT, do you think it's still appropriate for somebody at that age to take that? Or is it something that they should just leave for I now? Do not. Yeah, I, I, I feel strongly that that is not appropriate for young, uh, young adults in their teens like that, especially uh, to be on testosterone therapy. It is um, suppressing normal endogenous function. It's suppressing fertility as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, these kids are trying to get the muscle gains while suffering some pretty serious consequences from that. So I have seen uh, some young men in their low 20s that have uh, hypogonadism, technically true yeah. low testosterone. And those guys need to be treated, but there are ways that we can do that to preserve fertility as well. And that's really important for guys because guys, you don't know what you want 10 years from now. You're going to want a family at some point and you don't want to mm -hmm. potentially um, have a, a, a real negative effect on that at a young age. How do you go about protecting fertility then? So we want to first think about the pituitary gonadal axis, hypothalamus, hypothalamic pituitary axis, which means the hypothalamus in the brain is telling the pituitary to tell the testicles to make testosterone mm -hmm. and to make sperm. Okay. That mm -hmm. signal is coming from the brain. When we take testosterone, we are telling the brain we have enough. We're good. And it shuts that signal off. And that's a big deal because by shutting that off now, it turns off your body's desire or, or ability to produce testosterone or sperm. Oh, geez. And so instead, what we want to do in those young men is find ways to stimulate the brain to make a stronger signal to the testicles to make more testosterone. And oh, by the way, it'll then make more sperm as well. 
So it's changing the way we look at it. Instead of giving testosterone, we're going to stimulate the body to make more of its own. That is super interesting because I never viewed it from that perspective, but you're totally right. I mean, the mind is kind of, well, the brain kind of makes sure it regulates everything. But <laughs> I guess when you go in there, I mean, like I mentioned before, in the bodybuilding scene, a lot of people would just take hormones by themselves. Like one of the yeah. craziest things that I heard about was IGF-1 and insulin and all that. And I'm like, I... I don't know why anybody would do that. <laughs> you're playing with fire there. Yeah, you're, you're playing with fire. And there, there, there's healthy, appropriate ways that we can do that. But that's when guys get in trouble when they, they think, you know, bro science got it figured out. Yeah, and bro science does not have it figured out. I mean, I don't know if you've, you know, seen a lot of the bodybuilders that, I mean, people kind of always speculate as to why they died, but we've had like a couple Olympians die, you know, a lot more bodybuilders dropping dead. And I mean, they're not even yeah. 50 yet, which is why it's yeah. kind of like for myself, it's like, whoa, somebody pumped the brakes. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. It, and all those, those massive levels of anabolic hormones and steroids, they are causing a massive stress on the body. They're causing issues with uh, stress on the heart. They're causing issues with blood sugar regulation and inflammation. And um, I, I think that there needs to be a balance. That there's ways that you can achieve those gains without pushing the body so hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, naturally, I know it's going to take longer, but a lot of these guys, like you said, are taking 12,000 or whatever the case may be. So It's yeah, crazy, it's, right? It is yeah. a little bit astronomical. Granted, to look like a freak. And I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, it's like you win a plastic trophy. But, you know, I am a fan of the sport, so it's like, ah, <laughs> I'm just as long right. as they're seeking medical help, which is something that, uh, as mentioned before, a lot of these younger dudes are actually doing. Like, a lot of them are cycling off their gear and coming onto it. Would you find that TRT would be appropriate for a professional bodybuilder who is taking anabolics to just kind of make sure they kind of regulate? Or do you think the damage is too drastic that they could probably never come back? So once you take massive levels of, of anabolic steroids like that, typically your body shuts off mm -hmm. and does not produce adequate levels of testosterone again whenever you finally come off those those drugs. And so most guys I see who were former fighters, bodybuilders, uh, competitive athletes who were on steroids, they typically need exogenous testosterone for life for that reason. Interesting. Yeah. And now kind of switching gears a little bit. I mean, I had this open in my notes and I wanted to ask you this question is how is precision medicine defined and how is it integrated into your treatment plans? Because I am curious about that. Love that. So precision medicine means that we're taking a very individualized, personalized approach with every single guy we work with. And I use the phrase one size fails all. <laughs> okay i've never heard that before i'm still well that. i made it up there you go yeah <laughs> one size fails all because based on our genetics based on our environment and our exposures and our and everything about our life we're going to respond very differently to the guy next to us so for example you'll go on twitter and you'll see these battles going on over keto versus paleo versus yeah. carnivore versus mediterranean versus vegan it, it, it's all nonsense in my opinion, because your genetics to a large extent dictate how your body is going to respond to certain foods. And so for some guys, high saturated fats that you find in red meat and dairy and eggs, if you're you know doing keto or carnivore, may be very harmful for you. Whereas for other guys, it may be perfectly okay. And so when I work with men, 
precision medicine means that we look at your genetics with a simple cheek swab. I can get over 700,000 genes hmm. and I can specifically identify what's the right kind of diet for you. What food should you be eating? What foods are potentially problematic? What macronutrient ratios are good for you? You know, some guys, they may be, believe it or not, maybe need to be eating more complex carbs to burn fat and lose weight and build muscle. Yeah. Very counterintuitive, obviously. You know, a lot of guys think, oh, I got to I gotta go keto or low carbs. Some right. guys actually, you need carbs. And so genetics help you understand things like that and, and, and risk for micronutrient deficiencies and risk for grain sensitivity and dairy sensitivity. Um, what kind of supplements might be right for you? What are wrong for you? Um, how to... How does your body do with toxin exposure and a lot of valuable information that helps us really personalize health. Yeah. And to me, that's what precision medicine is all about is taking to the next level and, and not settling for, again, what I call this is, you know, this one size fails all model. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. Cause it makes perfect sense. It's like everybody yeah. trying to do the same. Ah, oh, yeah, I know you see it all the time. It's like, dude, maybe this diet isn't for you. It's like, but you see people literally like, try keto and then after five weeks of just failing at it keep doing more of it and more intensely and just getting more frustrated so yep. i find that you know that's a very very good approach to it the other question i had in regards to that i mean we mentioned testosterone obviously extensively but what are other hormones that you really pay attention to when making somebody's very precise plan yeah so our bodies have over 50 hormones that all come together as i mentioned earlier like a symphony if you will mm -hmm. and they all interact with each other. So it's important that we, that we look at all of them. And, and um, some of the ones that are overlooked in men are thyroid hormone. You know, most people tend to think of it as just a women's hormone, but it's very important for men as well. Yeah. Um, it's important because it affects energy and metabolism and recovery and it affects sleep and immune function. And so thyroid is really important. DHEA is a, another steroid hormone. It's a precursor to testosterone. And it's important because it helps with mood and energy. And um, DHEA is, again, often thought of as only important for women, but it's important for men as well. Nitric oxide is a hormone, yeah. and it's important for blood flow. It's important for muscle building and exercise uh, capacity and sexual performance mm -hmm. and um, aerobic capacity. And so um, nitric oxide is really important. Vitamin D is actually a hormone, not a vitamin, it's actually a hormone. And, and vitamin D is important for immune function and energy and metabolism, et cetera. Um, it goes on and on. You know, estrogen is another hormone. A lot of guys think that estrogen is the enemy, mm -hmm. but we need estrogen. Guys need estrogen for normal sexual function. And um, for um, a lot of the the androgenic effects that we think of testosterone is actually in part because of estrogen that testosterone gets metabolized into. And so it's understanding how all these kind of come together and taking a much bigger approach. A lot of guys come in looking for, just give me testosterone, doc, and I'll get out of here. <laughs> and that's fine, but I'm always, you know, quick to emphasize that it's a systems approach that's so important, meaning understanding how all this stuff comes together in a system. And how all these hormones, and I even even talked about stress hormone cortisol and insulin and melatonin and um, and all the hormones that affect hunger and satiety and energy and metabolism, and that's why I got to look at all of them, man. They're all important. Yeah. No, I mean you discount. I think. 
because I remember I forgot which podcast I was listening to where it was talking about the importance of cortisol in the body, and it's kind of like we just demonized it because we just don't understand it. And obviously, to the layman like myself, it's like I'm trying to figure out more of this. But to your point, it's a symphony. You know, I can't just take one and then all of a sudden expect to compensate with something else and be like, oh, I'm going to be completely right. fine because I've completely I've taken these cortisol blockers, which I thought was kind of a bad idea back in the day. <laughs> and I still see it now where a lot of people will take it and be like, oh, it's going to help me lose five pounds of fat. But at what cost? And I kind of the body always self-regulates in a way that's really interest, interesting, too, because it's kind of like, OK, if you take exogenous testosterone, you're also going to get a whole lot more estrogen and progesterone and all these other things. Right. And it's kind of like, OK, well, now you got to take Clomid and all these other things to make sure that everything stays regulated. Right. It's a balance. You're right, man. It's such a fine balance. And and um, and you never want to go too far on one end. You know, cortisol, for example, there's a very fine balance of having too much versus not enough. Exactly. Another question, I mean, because we did talk about the mind briefly, but how do you find that TRT and obviously working with patients and getting them where they need to be from a hormonal perspective? A big thing that we keep seeing is men's mental health, right? Which obviously, you know, a lot of times, including myself, it's like, ah, oh, you're not suffering, you'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah, I, I imagine that you've had um, patients tell you how they feel mentally right after, right? And going further than just brain fog, like how does it affect mood? specifically yeah a, a lot of guys have uh, a almost borderline depression with low testosterone and um you know they might be looking for other ways of addressing that when suddenly you correct their hormones correct their testosterone and um everything becomes easier and clearer and happier and they feel more alive feel more like a man again and it changes their entire perspective listen it's not the it's not the end-all be-all it's not the the, the magic bullet that's going to clear all problems it's going to make a massive difference for a lot of guys. To, and, and I like to think of it as something that will help get guys momentum to want to make some other changes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hear a lot of, uh, you know, these quote health experts out there telling guys they just need to get in the gym and do heavy strength training and lift, 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 lift. And, and they start going through protocol. You got to do this to boost testosterone, this and that. Some guys, they feel like crap. Yeah. And they don't even want to get out of bed, let alone go to the gym, let alone do anything like like forget it. And so until you can give them that boost, that momentum to get them going, mm -hmm. they're not going to do anything. And so I incorporate, for example, fitness is a big part of my protocols, but it doesn't come until after we fix hormones, after we clean up the gut and nutrition, after we get you sleeping well, only then are most guys going to be really, truly receptive to now incorporating full-on you know fitness program into their daily life yeah because to your point it's like when you talk to somebody that's depressed he doesn't want to get out of bed yeah. <laughs> you know so it's what, like why am I gonna that? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sit there with my vodka and 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 eat food i shouldn't be eating and just chill mm -hmm. out and do nothing because you have no drive no motivation and so you got to fix that you got to get him going first yeah interesting and I wanted to get your take on it because um, obviously looking at the notes again is epigenetics. Could you explain that to our audience and, and what that's all about? Yeah, so epigenetics is simply the science of how our lifestyle, our behaviors, our environment directly affect genetic expression. And so epigenetics means typically or literally um, over the genes. That's what that means is your, your genes are, as, as people have used the phrase, not your, you know, your DNA is not your destiny. Mm -hmm. Meaning that you you can overcome your genetics if you understand them and know how to tweak your life accordingly. So let me give you an example. ApoE, I, I talked about this briefly earlier with the saturated fats. ApoE is a gene that regulates how your body processes saturated fats. 
saturated fats are things like red meat and dairy and cheese, milk, eggs, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Certain variants of the ApoE gene, ApoE4 is called. You could be an ApoE33, ApoE34, or ApoE44. If you have one or two of those fours in there, that increases your risk for developing early onset Alzheimer's disease, cognitive decline, cardiovascular disease, and actually ultimately mortality. So if you're an ApoE4, you want to know about that because you have an increased risk of those major problems. However, this is really cool. If you limit your saturated fat intake, okay, if you limit it to under 5% of your daily caloric intake, that risk goes away. By simply limiting the saturated fat in your diet. Wow. So wouldn't you want to know your ApoE status, your what your genetics are on that? Because that that's epigenetics meaning that your behavior, you can directly affect that risk by simply changing what you eat. Wow. And so that's how powerful epigenetics is to understand how your genes work and how with simple tweaks in your daily life you can really have a, a big impact. Wow. That's that's intense. I mean, I always heard about epigenetics. I mean, the first time I had heard about it was from Bruce Lipton about, you know, forming your yeah. reality and changing things around you. And I was kind of yeah. like, that sounds kind of woo-woo. But the more I got into it, the more I'm like, okay, genetic expression can be in some way influenced by our thoughts, by what we do. And I mean, to your point, it's like by diet directly? Like that's that's pretty substantial. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I'm – because obviously you find this out through the profile that you get through them. What are other um, – factors into epigenetics that you find can really influence somebody's, I guess, outcome in life. Yeah. So uh, we can look at sleep. So there are genetics that pertain to sleep and circadian rhythm and can tell you whether you're going to do better, uh, going to bed early, going to bed late, how much sleep do you need? Can you, can you get by with seven hours or or do you really need eight hours? For example, Mm -hmm. Um, there was a great study that looked at sleep related to testosterone production. Oh yeah. And at the University of Colorado, they show that one night of sleep deprivation cut testosterone levels in half. Yeah. So another example of how your behavior can directly affect your body's function, physiology, performance, and outcome. Super interesting. I mean, I think this is one of those milestones that we're going to see that are really going to change, you know, the health and obviously the medical industry. But what are other milestones that you think we are seeing now that are evolving and changing in regards to medicine or modern day medicine, I guess. Yeah. So I, I love where we're heading with the science around longevity. Mm -hmm. So cellular medicine is, is understanding cellular function, how cells work. Ultimately every, 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 uh, Uh, part of every organ in our body is composed of cells and those cells have machinery internal mitochondria that function produce energy etc and understanding how cells work and how we can optimize those is really ultimately how uh, the science around longevity is advancing and so it's understanding how natural and or even synthetic compounds can directly affect cellular efficiency and optimize it and how can we choose what compounds might be best for whom and in what role. And that's putting it very simplistic, but there's a lot of um, really incredible advances that we're seeing on a daily basis around that, whether it's peptides that we can use, whether it's natural molecules, whether it's mitochondrial, you know, enhancing mitochondrial function, um, whether it's, um, you know, affecting biologic age, 
this is pretty cool stuff. I'm not yeah. sure if you know this, but yeah. we can measure, yeah, we can measure biologic age now and 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 actually look at uh by measuring marks on our DNA, understand how our body is aging, not chronologically, of course, yeah, but yeah. physiologically. <laughs> And you can see if what you're doing is actually, you know, helping or hurting your ultimate lifespan. Yeah. I mean, there's that one dude, I forgot his name, but he basically took like his son's blood, I think, and he infused it into his own. It's this kind of crazy story, but he reversed his biological age. Yeah, to Brian, about Brian Johnson, yeah. Yeah. And he talked about, I don't know how expensive the protocol was, but it's super interesting. Not cheap, yeah. I mean... I know I, the one thing I'd always heard about before was just kind of like our telomeres are too short. Therefore, we can only live to like 120, 150 or well, max 150. But nobody really. Well, maybe there's people out there. But yeah, that being said, it, it, do you think that the extension of life itself will be up to 150 in the near future? Do you think it's a possibility with the way things are changing? I think that's um, incredibly optimistic. OK, I think the reality is that we're going to see incremental change that we may see in the next 10 years, we may see uh, an increase in, in lifespan by a couple of years. I think we may see a couple more years here or there. I think that uh, there's going to be improvement and advances in that field, but it it's I think it's a little far-fetched to think 150 is reasonable right now. I think it's gonna be incremental. Um, it's coming eventually, but I think people are on the, uh, you know, the, the media hype around it has, gain such momentum that people are going crazy about it and there's still there's still a long way to go so yeah. i think it's gonna be more incremental changes here and there a couple of years here a couple of years there the other question i had too in regards to trt and obviously the protocol that you're doing and obviously this holistic approach which i think like i said before i think this is really the future of medicine and the way that it should be heading how do you see that impacting all these um diseases such as cancer you know the chronic disease that take everybody out you know alzheimer's yeah. dementia all that stuff what yeah. kind of impact do you think this approach will do into hopefully curbing the death rate the mortality issues the obesity great question and that's really a passion of mine is how do i affect that because we know that the number one killer in men is cardiovascular disease without yeah. question number two is cancer like we know that without question and so if we can impact that, we're going to affect longevity. Mm -hmm. And so a big passion of mine at the Gavin Institute is taking a very proactive, preventive approach so we can focus on optimization so that you don't develop those diseases, you don't develop those problems. Because the truth is that once you develop chronic illness, once you develop cardiovascular disease, once you have chronic kidney disease, once you have lung cancer, et cetera, you're on this downhill slide and, and it's very tough to reverse it at that point. So the key is to, to stop you before you start falling off that cliff. Interesting. Well, I mean, like you said before, it's a symphony, right? So I there think it makes perfect, perfect sense. The last thing I kind of want to finish off this podcast episode with is, could you tell us one of your, one of the stories that just sticks out to you the most in regards to how somebody was able to change his life for the better, the impact it's had, and obviously, you know, how it made you feel afterwards, because I imagine you probably yeah. felt pretty good. <laughs> Two stories immediately came to mind. The first one, uh, he is a uh, actually a professional race car driver. Wow. Cool guy, uh, lives here locally and came to see me because he was having some brain fog issues. Like he, he couldn't focus on the track and it was affecting his decision making, which uh, if you can imagine, you know, going 150, yeah. 200 miles around uh, miles an hour around curves, that's probably pretty important detail. And so... He came to work with us and we found some issues with the hormones that we corrected. Uh, we found some issues with his gut microbiome, uh, balance of the bugs in, in, his, in his gut that was affecting inflammation, et cetera. 
But the biggest thing that we found in him, and this is where I talk about blind spots that are holding you back, blind spots in your health, you don't even realize that are there but causing major issues. For him, it was food sensitivities because of his gut issues. Interesting. And he had these massive food sensitivities we found to bananas and coffee. Now, guess what he had for breakfast every single morning before? Bananas and coffee. There, there you go. <laughs> Crazy. And of all things, that's what he would have every day. And so we stopped those things, obviously. We worked on cleaning up his gut. We optimized his hormones. And he told me how like it was like a light switch went off and suddenly like everything changed at that point. And yes, the hormones helped. Yes, cleaning up the gut helped. But it was that little maneuver of everything we did that that finally made him to feel a massive difference. And we would have never known that if we hadn't gone through the testing to find those blind spots. And so that was really cool. Um, the other story that immediately sticks to mind is Andrew. He's a wealth advisor here locally as well. And uh, he first came to see me. He was about 50 pounds overweight and issues in his marriage. And he's lost a ton of weight. And that guy looks good. He looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells me, yeah, he tells me how his relationship with his wife has gone to a completely different level. They've been married like 20 years. So it's starting to get a little stale and he had, was losing interest. And it really sparked back that vitality that he had lost for so long. Oh. And he also came to realize that he was in the wrong career because he was able to have a clear mind and think straight. And so now he's going through like a career evolution as he thinks about what he wants to do with the second half of his life. Wow. And so that's the power of having, having just, you know, the right pieces in place to be able to, you know, make those changes and it could be life changing. It could make, it make a, obviously a huge difference on your life. That is, yeah, I mean, uh, it totally does. And everything stems from the body. And I think too many of us just disregard it and just take it for granted unfortunately and i mean i've been in that boat before too you know eating bad smoking drinking doing some drugs here and there <laughs> you know i've been there but luckily i was a lot younger but to your point it becomes an issue for us guys when it's just part of our lifestyle which becomes yeah. really unfortunate which is with the alcohol bad diet all that kind of stuff so you That's know right. kudos to you for making a dent in the universe you know you're doing it and you're doing it every single day but the last thing i want you to tell us about is where can we find you your website contact links all that good stuff oh thanks so much yeah so i, I love what we do here at the gap institute we help high performing men and women have more energy lose weight have better sex and live not just longer but better uh websites gapinstitute.com I have a, a free gift for your listeners. I have a, a complimentary copy of our high performance handbook. It's 15 strategies and tactics that you can leverage starting today to have more energy, burn fat, lose weight, have better sex. And you can get that by simply texting the word health to 26786. Again, text health to 26786 and you get a free copy. And then that'll also uh, give you a link if you want to reach out to my team for more information about how we can help you. Awesome. And again, guys, all the links are always going to be in the description. Dr. Gappin, it was an absolute honor having you on again, and hopefully we can talk again in the future. You got it, man. All right. Till the next episode.